Part two of Nicole Van Tassel's experiences as a polygamous wife next on Polygamy. What love is this? This is part two of our interview with Nicole Van Tassel, who was a plural wife and a member of the AUB polygamy group, which is also known as the All Red Polygamy Group. She left an abusive polygamous marriage in July of 2016, and we talked a lot about her story in our last show. This time we're going to tell more about her story. Um, as she was uh, raised not in polygamy, but in the LDS Church. So going from the LDS Church kind of um, a doctrinal background, she was not prepared for the polygamy group type of background. After so much abuse in her marriage, she finally left and has been in court battles ever since. In fact, she's been abused and victimized by her husband and re-victimized by the court systems of the state of Utah and Utah County. So I would like to introduce and welcome back our special guest, Nicole Van Tassel Henderson. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for coming and sharing your story. And thank you for this opportunity <clears throat> oh, I, to put it, a voice a to privilege. some of this. And, and you know, I appreciate it so much because so many women from polygamy do not want to tell their stories. They're afraid. They still have the fear of repercussion and retaliation. And, and sometimes it's as, shameful. As do I, but I really believe that... It needs to be told. It has to be it told. To be and about. people, um, even people in Utah don't realize how uh, many polygamous groups and sects and cults there are mm -hmm. that, and they're destroying families. They destroy fa and generations, human lives and families. And generations and generations mm -hmm. and generations. And my, one of my sole purposes, I feel like this is kind of a calling, is that I have seven minors that I do not want to you have want to them see to have to go through this. their mother cry mm -hmm. every night when their father goes and sleeps with another woman. Yeah, yeah. And they don't need to have that model either of a no, man, they don't. The man sleeping with another wife. And the other man's wife's children in their home mm -hmm. right and the competition the competition of the, of the kids brings. because it always goes from the one wife taking her frustrations out on the other wife's children mm -hmm. no matter how it perfect happens. it is supposed to be you can't you cannot get by with that but, so let's talk about the abuse now that that took place now i'm going to lay a foundation okay. for that first were you ever threatened with blood atonement yes were you ever afraid it was imminent? Yes. Now, for our viewers who are not familiar with blood atonement, the Mormon, early Mormon doctrine taught by, by the way, Joseph Smith started it. Brigham Young was the one who made it more, um, you know, normal, was uh, they believed that a person could commit a sin that could, would not be covered by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so that person, that sinner had to be murdered to pay for their own sin. That's and the they had way. to do it themselves. And they had, well, they had to ask somebody to do it and, and kill them. You didn't kill yourself. They killed you. Well, um, in my situation, in front of my children, my husband said, because I had texted another man, that I would have to slit my own throat and debow myself. Which is the temple ceremony. that they In front of, through. and he was saying this in front of my children. Oh, now that, that's abuse right there, too. Yes. To be forgiven for texting another mm -hmm. man. Which is not one of the unforgivable sins. 
Um, so, that's the kind of a, a, of a husband you had in the polygamy group. Explain your experience, not only through the experience, but as an observer, what the male attitude is towards females in polygamy groups. Um, my dad said it probably the best in the Salt Lake Tribune article that was written. We're chattel. We are basically property you can breed, sell, uh, pen up, and it is basically we're chattel, mm -hmm. we're property. Mm -hmm. We're not humans. Mm -hmm. Feelings don't matter. Covenants and ordinances do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're treated. And that's exactly the way they believe. They, they can trade you back and forth. They can promise you as a plural wife to another man if he will give you something else. And, and it's sex trafficking. It is Even sex. the FBI has it listed under their sex trafficking And uh, the state of Utah needs to stop being a, quote, family-friendly state and start being able to say the word polygamy when domestic violence and this stuff comes into a courtroom and quit agree. being afraid of it. Well, I don't think they're afraid of it. I don't think that's the problem. <laughs> it's more to do with, the, well, well. Yes. <laughs> Maybe another episode. <laughs> so you had uh, 15 children. In 19 years. How many of your children are still in the group? Um, my six oldest have all married um, people that's families are involved in the group. In the group. And what's their attitude towards you now that you're no longer part of the family or part of the group? Um, I'm not recognized as their mother. The concubine is. I've had them with my dad up on the state senate floor passing notes to other senators saying that my father, who's one of the most honorable men I know. And your father, by the way, is a state senator. He was. He, he was he, at the time. Yeah, at the time. Was, right that my father was um, dishonest and that their mother was a whore. Okay. And they're passing notes to the other state senators and sending out emails about, their about the abuse and the pictures that my dad did show mm -hmm. in a private closed caucus meeting and how they got leaked, we still don't know. Hmm. Well, that's politics too. So, so they're not family friendly in any way you look at it, unless you believe the way they believe and toe the line. They're they're not a family family parent friendly alienation. religion. It's a parent alienation to the point where I've had four children get married, and I have one that's getting married in February. That mm -hmm. I'm not even listed as their mother on the wedding invitations. That's a heartbreak that hurts. And I have and, not met. And you know what? That's just total brainwashing. It That's is. what it is. The, the religion does the brainwashing and the mind control on the children. I've seen it over and over and over again. And, and I'm sure you have as well. Well, I, and I think that they're scared. And, you know, it took me. And luckily, I had the background and the support of my family that when I decided to finally leave, um, and a lot of the polygamous women that try to leave don't have the support that I have. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's so many who the, don't. Because they will break you down financially in every way they can to get you to come back, and mm -hmm. then you're just re-victimized, right. re-victimized, right. or you go missing. Okay, let's talk about your abuse. Let's talk about your physical abuse that your husband perpetrated on you, and, and you can go back as far as you want, and, and just bring it up to what happened uh, where we got the pictures of 
of the um, results? Within the first two weeks that I was married and, um, you know, I had left my family and basically felt like I had given everything up for this knight in shining armor. Um, and he was getting up for work like at 4.30 and I, you know, put my arm around him and just said, stay for five more minutes as a newlywed. Mm -hmm. And he threw me against the wall and said, I can't wait till you have a baby to smother so you won't have to smother me. Wow. And you'd been married how long? Um, maybe two weeks. Okay. Another time was we had the three little boys that were two and under and I had set up family pictures. I got down to the photography place, couldn't get a hold of him, called his cell phone. He said, well, I'm not going to come. I'm going to a movie with a brother-in-law. And, you know, as a, as a person that you think that wants to be in pictures with their family, I had these three beautiful sons that were, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. two and under. And just to get them ready, plus me, and then to show up and go by myself yeah. was yeah. devastating. And this shows the male, male attitude toward their wives. Yeah. It's typical. It's not unusual. So it just keep, it kept um, increasing the mental abuse, the uh, psychological abuse, the physical abuse, the um, having so many kids so fast in my physical condition and having doctors tell him, you know, she shouldn't have any more babies because it's life-threatening. But I did because I thought if I did, maybe he would love me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe I would be the one woman that would be enough for him. Have you read the story of Leah and Jacob? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't work that way, does it? Doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, it just kept escalating. And um, after he married the concubine, um, you know, I, having as many pregnancies as I had, I actually knew that she was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant. Mm. And when you... Find out, it's one thing to know that your husband's having sex with another woman. But when they're actually pregnant with another, having another child, it just re-rips open all the wounds of that. And you have nowhere to go to turn to except other plural wives that just say, Oh, it will be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. You'll live through it. It'll be, you'll get over and it. And it's not, it's not, it's a verification that your husband is having a, quote, legal affair with a right. mistress and, right in front of you. it's okay. And, and in their minds, it's okay. It's not. It's not okay. Because it devastates you, your security, how you feel about yourself, about looking in the mirror, about questioning do I even matter anymore? Well, and not only that, because this pain uh, reflects upon the God who commanded it. It ruins so many people uh, against God. Well, and to have your children have to see you cry every other night that their dad's not there. Mm -hmm. It devastates them because, you know, boys want to protect their mothers, and mm -hmm. I have benign sons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there was a, you know, now, first of all, he did abuse you in front of the children, both yes. verbally and physically. 
And mentally and psychologically. And he lied about what happened. Watch out for David. Okay, so, so let's go into this latest legal deal that took place. Um, April 10th, 2016, our oldest daughter had just gotten engaged. And I, um, a few months before, a friend from junior high had got in touch with my sister on Facebook and just said, you know, how's Nicole doing? And she said, you better sit down, she has 12 kids. <laughs> But we went to the same high school, and Kyle was the excavator that added on to our high school. Mm -hmm. So I met him in Roosevelt. And um, so this friend of mine, and thank God for him, for helping me find enough courage to get out, mm -hmm. said, what are you doing living this lifestyle? You know, you're so much better than that. And it was the first time in 20 years I actually had someone give me a little bit of self-worth mm. instead of saying, you do this wrong, you do this wrong. And yeah. anyways, we had texted a couple times back and forth, and we just sent out a reply all, sending a picture of our daughter getting, you know, Kylie, will you marry me? And when the text came back from this particular fellow, it said, congratulations, enjoy your day. And Kyle picked up my phone and said, who is this? Mm. And, and he thought it was his brother by the same name. And I said, no, it's, you know, a friend from junior high. And I was in the kitchen cooking for between 50 and 75 people, somewhere around in there. And he drug me back to the bedroom. And my three-year-old daughter was asleep on the bed. He went into the bathroom and used my phone and called this fellow and said, what the F are you doing contacting my wife? And he said, if you do it again, I will effing kill you and her. Hmm. And then he proceeded to take me onto the floor in front of my three-year-old who was asleep and just strangle me and beat me. He broke my voice box. He took my hoodie. I had a hoodie on and the ligature and it crushed my voice box where I've had medical, several medical things that it will never be the same. Mm -hmm. And he just kept punching, kept punching, kept punching. And our daughter woke up and she was crying. And then he went and even opened the door and asked, there was nine minors in the house. Do you want to see what a whore of a mother you have? And invited them to come in and look at me laying on the floor, completely helpless. In these pictures that you show, if you look at my hands, they're just bruised from trying to protect myself. Okay, shall we, shall we show the Absolutely. pictures now? Okay, uh, there's several pictures that, that were taken of your bruises after this happened, and this was um, for a physical documentation yes. of the attack. So let's, this is, this is one. That's, yeah. And th that's where you can see my hands and the ligature on my neck. Right, you can see that and very clearly. the punch marks. Uh-huh. And the chest. And this is where he grabbed my arm and pulled me back. There's another one where the, you can see whole fingerprints where he right. drug me back to the room. Uh-huh. Um, he... That's the strangulation. And those are bruises on my arms and legs that he kicked and hit. 
Okay. That's uh, so you can see on the one arm where it's a whole handprint uh -huh. behind. Uh huh. And then on the front where he had also grabbed me. And how many days after the attack were these pictures taken? The next morning. The next morning. Because That's my you took them. Um, the fellow that I had texted knew my parents and called my parents and said, I'm worried. Mm. And my parents sent my sister that lived just a mile away. To, mm. And Very so good. my sister is the one that actually said, right. we've got to take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. And then my parents drove out from Vernal and we took these pictures. Now, I know that the pictures, the bruises that, that you've got there are worse if we were looking at them eye to eye yes. than on camera because it does kind of fade a little bit through the process of taking the picture. So um, he, you left him and you have you filed divorce? Did you file charges against him? Tell me what, tell us what happened. So that. I stayed because my <coughs> oldest daughter was getting married and I wanted to be part of, that was in April, my daughter was getting married in June and I wanted to stay to be part of my girl's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But it kept increasing and he kept saying, well, if you're truly repentant, you're going to help retaliate against this man. Um, you'll destroy his truck. You'll, uh, uh, he kept up and adding, and then he did kind of what Cody Brown did is, I want a legal divorce and you sign over full custody to the concubine and everything else. And I, I kept saying, no, no, these are my children. I had them. I'm not... They're mine. And so it, it just, the, the aggravation and intimidation and the abuse just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then on July 10th, which is my son's birthday, he said, you have one hour to pack a bag. And he kicked you out? Uh, he said that he was going to take me where no one would find me. Okay. And with no water, no food, no money. And I had been working with um, holding out help about, and my parents. In the meantime, he kept stealing my phone and not letting me have access to a phone. Yeah. So I was slipping notes across the street to a neighbor. In fact, I, in my bra, I wrote phone numbers and slid it and put my driver's license and a prepaid visa card that I got so I could escape if I mm -hmm, had to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you finally got out, you finally got away from him and filed charges. Yes. What happened? He was uh, charged with six felonies. Six felonies. At, including domestic violence in front of a child mm -hmm. and witness tampering. And um, just this last December, Utah County refused to prosecute the case because my oldest children were going to testify against me. They were going to testify against you, claiming that they didn't believe that it really well, happened. Well, there was, there's so four... So what did they do with the picture? The pictures are there, showing... So there was four stories that <clears throat> I beat myself up, and obviously... Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I, I can really, you know, put fingerprints on my own neck. And then it was the dog. I took a, a dog that got... family pet that got run over to the vet, and the dog attacked me after it had been sedated on I-15, okay, driving in well, rush hour traffic. That's easier to refute any forensic. And then it was that I got ran over by a snowmobile in April, the next April, 
And then it was a cooler that fell on top of me. So we know that the dog was driving the snowmobile, I was beating myself up, and the dog crashed into a cooler, and that's how I got, that's all, how those you got all those bruises. That's those bruises, okay. And, and the... And the, the yeah. Thing. Right, okay. Somewhere I got clotheslines <laughs> on the way. Now, all this, this lawsuit took place in Utah County. Now, I know I helped, <clears throat> we gotta go through this quickly, but <clears throat> to just to set the, the this foundation for this as well, I helped a lady from the AUB several years ago, and she fi filed for a divorce, and the judge, said in the opening first court session, told both attorneys, we know the background of this couple, but that word will never be used in these proceedings. That's the polygamy, polygamy word. Well, that was, he absolutely refused to let it be used. What in the world is wrong with that? Especially when the concubine gets up and says, I'm the plural wife yeah. of Kyle Henderson. Mm-hmm. Which is a felony. A felony. Which is in the Utah State Constitution <laughs> to be f prohibited forever. Yep. And yet they can just come right up in the court and, and it, have it be mocked. It. Mm -hmm. And so he took a plea deal in December, all of those felonies and stuff. He uh, pled no contest to one class A, one class B misdemeanor, and one year probation as long as he doesn't break any other laws and minor traffic violations. And I said, So it's just literally, Your Honor, more or less. He's a felon. Yeah. Because he is a polygamist. Right. And, and Utah has said repeatedly they will prosecute crimes within polygamy even though they won't prosecute polygamy. His own attorney, Mark Shirtliff, the Which former, I find very interesting, the former state attorney general said, We will not prosecute polygamy as long as there's not being harm done to women, children. Correct. And I believe tax fraud was in there too. Um, but I know for sure women or children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the abuses so, within polygamy and incest was right. included in that. And as so well. when this when my husband hired Mark Shirtliff, Mark Shirtliff should have recused himself from that case. Well, he should have, um, but but it just shows you, again, the favoritism that is being shown by the legal system yes. in this state. And uh, one thing that kind of gripes me <laughs> is the fact that Cody Brown was going to be a character witness <laughs> For your husband, and you know why? Why that bothers me so much is a few years ago, uh, the reality show had um, um, an episode where they had the Cody Brown and his wives, plus some people yes. from polygamy groups in Las Vegas. Right. And the and what my, she's a relative of mine, Colleen Snow was there, and she was crying because of some of the abuse that she had been through, and they just kind of mocked her. Well, we don't do that. There's not abuse in polygamy, and we we don't, we, you know. And and they actually condemned the abuse. And here, Cody Brown is going to be a character witness for your abuser. That's what bothers me, the hypocrisy of all of it coming down. In a, in a twisted, weird story, Cody Brown was also his character witness when he got excommunicated from the, uh, from the Mormon church. It, it's just, it, it breaks your heart to see all of this go down in the state of Utah. I go to people outside of the state and tell these stories and they go, only in Utah. What is, what is going on there? And they do, they just shake their head. They can't believe that Utah that's, does this. That's why I feel like it's so strong for me as a woman right. to stand up, to give a voice you need to. 
to all of these women, whether it be domestic violence, whether it be polygamy, and usually they're combined, mm -hmm. but even in my case, take polygamy out of it. Mm -hmm. I was beat to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for a week. We helped another one, Rachel Kingston. She's been on our show several times and told her story, and her husband was the same way. Yes. He just would just beat her, and he had four wives, and he, he actually ended up losing all but one because of his physical abuse. Is anything ever done? No. No. And that's why we have to get this outside of Utah. That's why we call it re-victimization. And it is. Because a woman will leave and she's, because she's been victimized and abused and, and her human rights, basic human rights taken away from her. And then she gets out and they'll set her up to fail. And then they'll twist it in court so that she loses her kids and doesn't have any money, doesn't have a place to live, yep. um, hoping that she'll come back. And if she does, then she will be abused even worse for leaving in the first and place. he just picked the wrong cowgirl to mess with. Okay, well. <laughs> These boots are made for walking. Huh? Um, one of the, uh, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, one of the articles I read about your story was uh, a quote from Marianne Watson, oh, who is a well-known yes. pro-polygamist from the AUB polygamy group. And she said um, that she couldn't believe this happened to you because he was a bishop. You know, like bishops don't do these kinds of things. But she said, we don't want abuse, but we don't want to be abused either. Like, your lawsuit against him was abusive against him and against the AUB group. And also, Marianne Watson said that about me personally, she kept to herself and was very quiet. Yeah, well, I, I was the only woman besides the Relief Society that held a leadership position. I was in the youth council. But what's that got to do with anything anyway? Just well, did, you were I mean, quiet. she was just kind of dishing me because, yeah. you know, I wasn't, obviously, I didn't fit the mold of a polygamist. <laughs> so, sounds more like they don't want negative attention than, than, than they want to have justice done. Um, and so to wind this down, you've had an opportunity to be on the Dr. Phil show and tell your story. Yes, they, they've contacted me. Okay. And we're still making the arrangements. Still making the arrangements. Okay. And I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to, and I hope it comes to pass. Hope it happens so that uh, it could go more national. I hope so too. And, and your story can get out and uh, you won't be the victim anymore. I refuse to be a victim. Yeah. I'm a survivor of domestic violence and I'm a survivor of polygamy. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't see myself as a victim. I see myself as a survivor. Thank you, Nicole for telling your story. And I thank really, you. really thank you. You know, we've always stated that the primary reason for doing our program is to bring biblical truths to polygamous, and we've done that. We've applied both the Old Testament and New Testament principles and teachings to today's polygamy groups and their claims. 1 Corinthians 7.2 is a, certainly a profound verse about monogamy. The New Testament uh, also has a very clear teaching we've mentioned, how God commanded husbands to treat their wives. Ephesians chapter 5 teaches that a true Christian man will treat his wife better than he treats himself, that he will care for her and provide for her and protect her, and, and, and he'll give his very life 
for her if necessary and encourage her to grow in God's truths. I honestly have never seen a polygamous man treat his woman or women with that kind of love. Polygamy is not a command of, nor is it a teaching that comes from God, and we hope that more and more polygamists will check out the truth for themselves. We thank Nicole for telling her story, and we thank you for watching. Good night. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.